Hey everybody and welcome to my next episode of Warriors of Worship. I have the honor of having my really good friend here, Jean Hoskins. So let me take a moment. Jean, I want to take a, about two seconds. Okay, two not, seconds. No, not even two seconds. You could take a whole minute. I'm going to take a whole Tell minute. everybody a little bit about yourself, where you're from, right. just something personal you want to share. All right. So I'm here with my big sis, um, Marchetta. My name is Jean Hoskins. I am a native of North Carolina. Uh, born in Charlotte, North Carolina in the 80s, raised in Charlotte, um, matriculated through CMS, uh, got my Bachelor's of Arts in Psychology and Sociology at uh, UNC Chapel Hill, my Master's in Clinical Psychology, and my internship was at Duke, and right now I practice as a psychologist, and I have my own practice. And But besides that, I um, have been doing music my entire life. Like, I've been singing forever, I think my first song was like five or six. Wow, I would imagine. So as y'all can see, he's super smart. Um, you heard him say UNC, right? You heard him say Duke. Uh, wow, that's pretty cool. It's a, ble- it's a blessing. Yeah, um, not just a blessing. You're smart. Too. Yeah, they yeah. Pretty cool, but, thank God. but his brain. Thank God for the brain. Um, so I know you've been singing a long time. Mm-hmm. Much like myself, you if you grew up in church, mm-hmm. they made you do a little bit of everything. Right, right, right. I could probably jump on the drums. I can give you some shouting music on the keyboard. Not much more than that. Um, but that's just because I was raised in right, the church. Right. So I know you said you were raised in the church. Uh-huh. Um, how did you become a worship leader? Like, tell me about your transition into becoming a worship leader, and I'll give you a little bit about that. Okay. So, I, like I said, I grew I was born in the late 80s, raised in the 90s. So I was in church in a time where devotionals were still happening. So it was kind of like, hey, no, but this one's giving the guy who's ahead of my life, <laughs> love my life, and then somebody quick and you have somebody with the beat, the drum over there, and then somebody quick and then somebody else to jump up and sing, uh, God is a good God, yes, he is. Right. So I grew up in that, but I remember around 15 and 16, the church we started attending, they were switching to the more style we see now. Mm-hmm. So you had like the, now you have five people up there and one person leading the song. So that was around, I remember for me, that was coming around 2001. And I was maybe, what, 15, 16? I remember um, I was doing praise and worship because I could sing. I didn't know what I was quite doing at that time. <laughs> um, I was just singing, you know, and um, just singing because I, I could sing. And um, So I've been doing praise and worship for about to be 33, a minute, almost 17 years. But I now have a, a really good understanding of what I do now and the purpose. Um, I think I got that probably in the last six or seven years. Maybe a little, actually a little more than that because I've been about the last 10 years, I've really understood the purpose for what I do. Right. Um, and that's always very important for people to really understand the purpose behind what they're doing. And so much like yourself, we kind of grew up with devotion. Um, moved from devotion to, I moved to Detroit after I graduated from Michigan State. Um, stayed there and we pretty much had choirs and then probably in the mid early 90s uh-huh. um, they started introducing praise and worship I still just love choir music uh-huh. love singing in the background so a lot of people don't know I did a lot of background stuff when I lived in Detroit so I never was interested in like being a person I'm from just because I'm from Detroit and everybody can sing in Detroit ever, oh yeah um, so oh no so I all of my friends and probably to this day Everybody sings circles around me. And I'm totally fine with that. I know who I am mm-hmm. now that I know who I am with God. Yeah. I never wanted to sing in front of them. Yeah. So I love, but I love the idea of coming together in a group and doing group things and choir stuff. So, 
But so, like I said, for us, it started being introduced in the 90s when I was in Detroit. And then when I moved here to North Carolina, I was actually part of the upper room, just did choir stuff there. I actually didn't participate in the praise team at all. Uh, I would fill in from time to time if somebody was out. Um, and then my brother started his ministry in 98. Mm -hmm. And so it's probably coming around your time. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to be the worship leader. And I think I give this testimony at our anniversary every year. And my answer was no, I will not. And my was the reason why is because it was I felt like it was going to be a lot of responsibility, which it was. Like I didn't think, oh, I'm such a great singer, so I want to be the worship leader. I said, absolutely not, I'm not doing that. I sing a solo for you every once in a while. I don't want to be the president of worship leader. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Shelly, you can do it. I believe in you. And, blah, blah, blah. and then normally there's always somebody around you that push you to do stuff that's right. outside of your purpose. Right. I, I always had that, per that person in my life. And some people need it. Yeah. yeah. And I needed it because I'm going to never we call it. it. We call it extrinsic motivation. It's outside mm -hmm. factors that push you. Yeah. Right. So they're like my agitators. Yeah. They push mm -hmm. me into they where I'm supposed to be. Agitation to purpose. Yeah, they absolutely did. Um, but and so my original response was, man, that mean I gotta get saved for real. <laughs> he a church kid, so he know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Is someone going to worship that? Need to hear that saying it again? Yeah. Uh -huh. And he was like, shut up. Ah, uh, yeah, I said it. Uh, <laughs> just I'm, be honest, yeah, you know. And you gotta at least you should be striving. Now, now nobody's perfect. Now. I'm, yeah. I'm not, even today, I'm not perfect, Absolutely. but I'm striving. It, it's a certain level of consecration and um, just protecting what your space and your mind and what you kind of exposed to mm -hmm. when you're really doing praise and worship. It's not necessarily being deep, mm -hmm. but it's because it, it, it's certain moments when we talk about when you're really being a worship leader and you're functioning that role where you have to hear. Right. And if you've had a lot of things inundated throughout the, the week that are just not good for lack of better yeah. terms. That can impact how you navigate and move in moments where you have to hear God clearly. That's absolutely right. true. And so like some people are just gifted and I say this all the time, they're gifted and so you think you're being moved by the spirit, but you're just moved by their gift. Um that doesn't mean that God has sat down on us and allowed his presence to be there. So that's why when I originally said no, I, so I, I got my life, I got myself together. <laughs> and said yes. But the other thing that I also did when I said yes, though, to Jean was I um, I studied. I read my Bible more. Um, and then I also, since, you know, we were on the precipice of praise and worship teams, I took my teams to trainings. We, I went to training because I wanted to know, okay, so... What do we need to do for somebody who's done this before? And I don't know if you remember Gospel Heritage used to have praise we and worship. We, we still go. Cause yeah, it just yeah. re re revamped it with Lashawn Mitchell. Okay. And so we've been going for the last two years. Wow. Yeah. That was a, those were amazing training. So if you have a worship team, I would admonish you to go somewhere. And y'all know I do a um, worship uh, training yeah, team as well, really and I have great people that come in and train you. So we're trying to get that um, situated by the summer. So be on the lookout for it. But I just a couple of good ones out there. Do you have a really yeah. good one? Um, I have one I've done in two years called Worship's Exchange. Then you have Miranda Curtis who's responsible for worship. Mm -hmm. Gospel. There's so many out here. So. It's really nobody should be out here sending. They don't have access to information, right? Or the people that have experience, because all you gotta do is kind of look, and you could probably pick one once a month, right? Right. 
Right. And the Bible says, um, study to show yourself approved uh-huh. for workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we have to do the same with our craft. Don't just get up and just sing just because you can sing. Get up and know with understanding what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're leading people. Like, I don't want to go before the people with dirty hands or with blood no, on my hands. No, no, no. Because I believe that their souls are at risk if I'm not being obedient to what the word of God says. And I'm, I know we got to move on. I remember, I think it became, so I've been to praise and worship at the River Church under Bishop Okami for about the last seven years. And I really appreciate a leader who allowed me to grow and my gift to grow and me to mess up and then me, me excel, right? Because part of the praise and worship, you might not get it right every Sunday. You'll go back. And I tell them, go back and look at what you did. From even what you said, kind of how you probably use scripture, probably how you navigated certain moments, understanding movements and time and, and worship. But I remember one time, it was one Sunday, I, I sang, you know, I moved up, you know, and I remember it was like a guy sitting in the audience, he was a, he was a visitor, he was not on the praise and worship team. And um, I remember he came to the first service, and I think came to the second service. I said, okay, I remember he was worshiping, he kind of had his head down. That's okay. He's just a you know visitor. Never seen before. That next morning, looked on the news. He had killed his girlfriend and he killed himself. Oh. And I remember thinking, like, is there anything I could have said? Is there anything I could have done? And I said, well, no, I'm not gonna put that on me. But what I will remind myself is that you don't know what it is you could say or how you can move that can, can impact someone's eternity. And I remember that moment, I remember the weight of, like, I always, I always knew how important it was what we did, but mm-hmm. I remember the weight of it. From the, that moment, I remember it kind of clicked, like, no, people's eternal home is resting on how you navigate and don't navigate moments and what you say and don't say. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's, like, extremely important. And, and you, you know, we always say, like, it's not just as simple as grabbing a mic and saying mm-hmm. it. It's really not. It's really it's, ministry. What you see is the preparation before getting the mic. Yeah, absolutely. And that is absolutely important. So one of the other questions that I have for you going into that, the importance of having a great relationship with your minister of music. Absolutely. Um, I think it's super, super important. We're, we're different because at our church we have, our minister of music may be a praise and worship leader, and our minister of music is not necessarily in the ministry okay. yet. Mm-hmm. But it's cool that um, with your minister of music, it's important that they know you, how you navigate, um, know you, be, be okay with, you have to be okay with them telling your areas of weakness or areas to improve upon, right. um, and being open to uh, being corrected by the leadership. Right. And the minister of music also needs to give people something to believe in as well. And so they should be seen perfecting their craft and obtaining information. You know, they should be seen kind of in that position so people feel like they can learn from them. Right. But I think every praise and worship leader should submit to minister music if that's the if that's the order for your house right so whatever that order is you do have to be subject to whoever is the person in charge absolutely even if it's the person who's the MC, if that's the person that's ahead at that time time, i have to be obedient to what they're saying i I said this um, previously we were talking about moving prophetically and worshiping Mm -hmm. that's something that we'll talk about as well but one of the things that i always say is like as um worship leaders a lot of times we have to check ourselves because I may feel, and I may get an unction from the Holy Spirit, and I know it's the Holy Ghost mm-hmm. that's leading me to go another way and to keep going. And if they say stop, guess what I got to do? Cut it down. Stop. Because here's the thing. If God has something to say, 
He's going to say whether it comes through me or somebody else or the pastor or somebody on the keyboard. It doesn't matter who it comes through. It's God. And he can't be stopped if he got something to say. Absolutely. And I tell, especially a lot of younger praise worship leaders and those who are newer to it, at our church, you have 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't care how good the song is going, how great you're singing. At 15 minutes, I need to, I'm looking around to see who's getting the mic in leadership. Typically, and I tell people you gotta understand you're a leader too. I look at my pastor, he had kind of given me a wing like or a head and I keep going. If he's worshiping, I have to keep going. If he looks at me, he grabs his mic, then I know bring it on down and back back. But that comes with submission to order. And I promise you, when you, when your pastor sees that you you can do that, it then trusts you with more and more opportunities. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. And then the reason that I always try to make sure you know, that we check that because you have to think about how great Satan was, yeah, how great yeah, he was at his job. Yeah. Like, you got to think he was the chief musician in heaven. And so imagine how beautiful and how he looked. And I'm sure that everybody worshiped him. And so the reason that I check myself so much, because people will, will keep worshiping you and you and me. And it's not about us. We're trying to set the atmosphere so that God can come in and do what he needs to do. Has nothing to do with what I think I can do. And and I truly believe that a real a person that's really pressing into the presence of the excuse me, the presence of the Lord understands somebody who loves God in order more than someone who loves themselves or how much or how it has to be. It has to be. It has to be. I think that is super important. So moving prophetically in worship and understanding the move of God, like is there a certain thing that you feel or that you or that you hear, like I hear some people say, like sometimes when they come into the presence of the Lord, they hear water. Um, when they know there's a shift that's happening, I it's it's an interesting spot to be in. Like when I feel like a real heavy move of God, it's like I get really hot, mm-hmm. and then I'm cold on the outside. I don't even know. I can't explain mm-hmm. the feeling. Yeah. So I wonder if you had one of those, like you feel like when you... I can't explain it, but I, it's a, and I know. And I, my mother, I'm a PK, so all my parents, my parents are preachers. But my mother has always operated prophetically, my grandfather too. So I grew up in a house like this kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so funny, I remember, I'm telling you the story, enough topic. When I went to college, I was a church kid, so I wilded out. Mm-hmm. I had never done a lot of things. I remember I came back and I had to be partying, but I made sure before I came home I didn't do anything that I could have done that my mom would have picked up on. And I remember she had seen me a month, so she come in the room. I come in, she come in the room, I see my baby in a while. Turn the lights. She said, Oh, my baby, I'm so proud of that college. She said, You've been drinking. I said, No, you've been drinking. I ain't been drinking a day, mom. She said, No, you have been drinking and you look like sin. Get out of my face and go repent. Oh. So I grew up in a house where you had to, you know, it's a, it's a, I have a sensitivity in church to like movements and mm-hmm. transition. And so a lot of times in service, when I'm leaving, I know I say, okay, it's time for a move. I tell a musician, we got to move out this space because the next movement is going to take us here and take us here. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of know. Because what happens is some people get stuck in movements and that's when things get low. Right. But as, as, as worship continues to go higher, there's different movements, there's different sounds, there's different chance and that's how you move along prophetically wow. and i guarantee if you trust the movement and you listen to god he will tell you what to say when the movement is mm-hmm. that's absolutely true and 
like I, I think I told somebody not too long ago, I was saying that moving prophetically in music doesn't always mean that I'm stopping and saying, thus said the Lord. No. It just means that I'm navigating, like exactly how you just mm-hmm. said, I'm navigating through the spirit to make sure that I'm moving in a space where the people can hear mm-hmm. what they need to hear and get to the spot that they need to be able to, to receive. Mm-hmm. That's that's all that moving prophetically in worship is. Oh, yes. It's so funny. I tell people that sometimes preparation to move prophetically happens before service. Mm-hmm. For example, like I said, a lot of times with songs that I lead, I make sure I have an understanding of the song, the scriptural context of the song, because you never know when in the middle of the song, you might have to, you might add in part of the scripture. Because mm-hmm. anytime you add in scripture, it works, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember, we did a song, and I remember we just did it, um, what's the song? I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my shield. I will love you, Lord, my rock, forever all my days. Hallelujah. Read that song. Yeah. But I remember when I was at home, a different lyric came. I said, okay, well, God, I dropped my spirit. I may sing, I may not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that Sunday, we did a song. I said, well, I heard some different lyrics. I'm going to sing to you all. I said, God is still in control. God is still in control. God is still in control. Whatever comes my way, God is still in control. I said that, right? And I remember it just broke out of the church. And later that day, we found out Kobe Bryant had got killed. And, I, and the different people in the church were just having this. Mm-hmm. And people was like, telling me, that's been in my spirit all week. Mm-hmm. Like that. And my mama, she played it. She was in Florida. She played somebody and they would sing them all week. And I was like, that's why it's important to pray and hear God because you don't know what he may release for people to use during the time of need God that week. And sometimes even for yourself. For myself. God will give you things yeah. for yourself that you don't know that you need yet before you even need it. And, and when so, you need it, it's come back. So all the people are like, God is still in control. <laughs> Whatever comes my way, God is still in control. Wow. It just it stay with everybody. And that's, that, that's what I say is important to, mm-hmm. to be hearing and know how to move. Yeah, that's yeah. always extremely important. So have you ever prepared a set list and got there and... You heard something different. Oh, I do allow that flexibility. Um, I'm one that always do that. I have to be careful because I say I do not want to negate the time the praise and worship team came to rehearse and the musicians learned it. Right. Um, but they know if I do that, it's a reason. And most of the time it's because we're praying and we're exhorting and mm-hmm. the next thing, you know, we get the atmosphere right and the next thing just goes. Mm-hmm. And it's up. What we was saying does not work here. Right. When I call your name, was amazing, but I can't put that here. This we need right. something else. We need a you on my strength. We need a Holy Spirit. You're welcome here right now. Right. Like, when I call your name and do it all again, that doesn't work in it in this moment. And so it's okay. Like talk to your minister of music. Talk to your team. Prepare them on those moments of when when you want to flow. Like okay, if we do flow, everybody come in one unison, and then we here for the harmony, and then we come in the harmony, right? Because we have to prepare for those moments. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think we always probably do the same yeah, construction. Right, so right. like if I go somewhere and just, just come with me and I, and I promise I ain't gonna just leave you. No, out no, no, no. Like I like to come in in the one and then and, and you have a duty, like because because you're hearing you're being sensitive, you still have a duty to bring the praise team with you, mm-hmm. the minstrels with you, and the church with you. Yeah. People don't really understand that it's a lot of responsibility. Whoa. It's not just directing the choir. So when you the worship leader I'm in charge of these people behind me. I'm in charge of the band. I'm in charge of the people in the audience to get you to exhort and exalt God. And you got to remember the words. Come yes. on. Huh? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. 
I was saying to me because I would make up, I would rewrite some, I rewrote half y'all song. <laughs> Tasha, Tasha, all y'all, Tasha, <laughs> new, Tasha, I wrote all y'all songs again. Yeah, I got about 12 years. Judy, Judy, Judy McCann. I got a whole bunch of Judy McCann. Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know that song. <laughs> She said, and this is why I, I think I do it the right way I do it. People say, sometimes I feel like this is you in the room. You you leave like it's only you in the room. Yes. My mother always told me, you leave for the audience of one, and other people, they can join if they want to. Yeah, but when you do that, I promise you it's a different, it's a different reaction. And you want people to say, I want to be alone. Yeah, like, what is I want to be in this person. You're like, who, who is this guy he's talking about? He really means this. Yeah. Um, oh, and you know, like, it's something about your worship that's contagious. Yeah, like I'm, this is for real. Like this is my relationship with him on display. Yeah. And people can tell if you know him if you spend time with him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And the one thing that I would say that we do want, we want our worship to be contagious. Ooh. Because that then goes to my next thing yeah. about creating an atmosphere or a culture of mm-hmm. worship mm-hmm. and praise in your church. Mm-hmm. Like how do you think or you feel like you do that at the river? Create an atmosphere of worship and praise. I think that has to be done in conjunction with leadership. My pastor is amazing at teaching. Mm-hmm. He's a worshiper. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so when he comes out, he doesn't sit in the office while we worship. Like he runs out with all his bodyguards, not bodyguards, his <laughs> adjutant bodyguards that have negative connotation. He runs out and he literally worships the people see him. So A, he models it and then he teaches on it. And then what happened is, well, I'm worshiping, I may say something he said in the message, mm-hmm. right? So he's been talking about, for the last few weeks, being present in service. So they say, I want everybody to kind of put your cell phones up and everybody bring their Bible, mm-hmm. right? And so what I may say in worship, I'm like, in this moment, we're present. We're present mm-hmm. as we worship. As our bishop has, has been saying, we're present, right? right? So what they may teach you, and I may bring it up in worship. They say, right. oh, yeah, this is a moment bishop talking about, okay, we should be doing this in this moment. Right. So that's actually kind of like, we say praise and worship one on one. We're gonna all just lift our hands yeah. together at the same time. Or we, or, or, and don't yell at people. Yeah. When I was younger, you, you want to praise God because y'all, y'all love him. Y'all. <laughs> that doesn't work. No. But Gay Armbuckle said something to me. She's the worship leader at uh, Concord in Dallas, Texas. She said, I invite you to worship with me. Yeah. And people said, well, Why is that? He's nice. And we said, We know the altar is open for you all. Come worship how you want to.